Podcast, my friend. Can you believe we are just a couple of days away from being halfway through the year? 2019 is flying right by. Since I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions, especially pertaining to dieting or weight loss, I figured what better time to talk about weight loss than when we're six whole months away from the new year. If there's any shred of a chance that you might consider a weight loss resolution for the new year in 2020, take this as a very blatant reminder to work on changing your mindset about all things dieting and weight loss now. Don't wait until we're at the new year. One of the most common questions that I'm asked by other people is, what do you think of this diet? And what do you think of that diet? And is this a good diet for me to try? Will this diet actually help me lose weight? And things that sound like that. I've briefly mentioned things like this on previous episodes, but today I want to focus on why I simply don't endorse any certain diet. When people ask me questions like what I just listed, I will never give an answer of, yes, yes, that's the best diet. And I know people hate that, but today I'm explaining all of my reasons why that is. I have what I like to call an agnostic stance on dieting. And I I really even hate to say the word diet, even though anything that you eat is technically your diet. So sometimes it's just necessary to say the word diet. But anyway, agnostic by definition means a skeptic, a doubter, a cynic, a non-believer, or a rationalist. And yep, those words all describe me and my perspective on dieting. There is no one-size-fits-all way of eating that works for everyone. Plus, for anyone trying to lose weight, the most effective place to start is by being rational with expectations, by being realistic with portion sizes, and by not depriving yourself of food that you enjoy. And it puts me as a nutrition coach in a weird position because people who are unhappy with their body composition or want to lose weight generally hate to hear that there aren't any rigid rules or that there's not something saying, yes, this diet is your final key to weight loss. And people love to spend money on diets that make huge promises, even if those promises are lies. And I'm also well aware of how restrictive dieting and diets by certain names that require restriction are huge contributors to terrible body image. And I certainly don't want to contribute to people having poor body image. I want to leave somewhat of a legacy of like when I'm dead and gone, I want to be remembered for teaching people what real health is and for being realistic with nutrition while still enjoying cake and nachos sometimes and without hating yourself for it and for appreciating the cool things that a strong, healthy body can do. And before I go any further, in case you are new to the show, I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of fitfizstudio.com, and I'm a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease fighter, and I've worked in the fitness industry since you had to wear white scrunchy socks to be taken seriously at the gym. (laughs) 
I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, to give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information that I share is for educational and informational purposes only. None of the content should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. And as I was saying, I have this agnostic stance on dieting or how I think people should eat for weight loss. I never have and I never will be someone who is saying something like try Atkins or paleo or Whole30 or Weight Watchers or vegan or Mediterranean diet or keto or any of the others. I'm not saying they're bad. Some people love them and that's fine. I'm genuinely happy for people when they when any of the above works for them. But one thing that does drive me nuts is when I see or hear conversations where one person is saying to another something like this. I really need to start losing some weight. You lost weight. What did you do? Oh, I've been doing keto and I loved it. It works. You should try it. So again, that's great if it works for one person, but because it works for one person does not mean it's the magic key for another person. Everyone's body chemistry is different. People have different likes and dislikes when it comes to food and People also have drastically different levels of commitment that they're willing to make when it comes to eating a certain way or not. So in situations like this that I just described, what happens a lot of times is maybe that person will try the diet that their friend spoke of so highly and they'll go all in for several days or maybe a couple of weeks. Then the next thing you know, they're telling someone else that same diet quote unquote, doesn't work. And it's not even that the diet doesn't work. They barely even dipped their toe in the water to find out. There was no commitment. So how would they know if it worked or not? So that's one aspect of how a lot of misleading information starts spawning. So I try to stay away from that kind of stuff altogether. One of the really big reasons I stay away from it, another really big reason, is that Each of these types of diets with a name has some form of restriction that often leads to failure, which can lead to yo-yo dieting, and that is terrible for your hormones. It's not sustainable because the restriction leaves you eventually with some sort of nutrient deficiency. So I want to touch on some of them really quickly. Let's talk about vegan. Again, vegans, please don't come at me. I'm not saying all vegans, but there is quite a lot of scientific proof that a lot of vegans suffer with vitamin B deficiency and in particular B12 deficiency. Also, uh, sometimes omega-3 fatty acid deficiency or maybe deficient in zinc or iron or all of the above. And again, vegans, don't please don't come attack me. I'm not saying all vegans, just the ones who are not careful to get all of the nutrients that they need. Let's touch on paleo. There, If somebody does a hardcore paleo diet for a long period of time, deficiencies that can happen are calcium, magnesium, and folate. All of those are very critical for various bodily functions. Let's talk about keto. First of all, I don't even like to call this a diet. It's more accurately called a nutritional therapy. And that's because it was originally created to help treat kids who were having epileptic seizures. It 
a ketogenic diet can also be effective as a medical treatment for people with type 2 diabetes, but not long term and not without a doctor's supervision. I even did a video on this a while back and all the precautionary things to be aware of before jumping into a ketogenic diet, which you can see on my YouTube channel, and that link will be in the show notes. And because ketogenic diets typically limit carbohydrates, they, it's really, really low. So usually somewhere from about 25 to 50 grams of carbs per day, and that includes vegetables. So this dietary restriction really limits a person's options for fresh fruits and vegetables. For example, eating just one banana might be anywhere from 25 to 30, maybe 32 grams of carbs right there. Or a single sweet potato might be 37 grams of carbs. An apple might be around 25 grams of carbs. So that's your entire carb intake for for an entire day on a ketogenic diet. So by default, ketogenic diets are mainly composed of animal fats and proteins. And one thing that draws people to a keto diet is things like eating lots of steak and bacon and butter. And okay, if you're being rational, everyone should be able to enjoy bacon, steak and butter. No problem with if that in itself is not a problem. But if that's all you're eating every single day, how long do you think you can last until you've ingested too many carcinogens without the phytonutrients that we get from fruits and vegetables to kill off all the carcinogens from eating so much bacon before you end up with cancer. And I don't know exactly how long that would be because each person's chemical makeup is different. And you can eat bacon every single day for a couple weeks and be fine, maybe a few weeks and be fine. But if you're eating bacon, a big serving of it every single day for five or 10 years with very minimal fruits and vegetables, I don't think that's very smart. And especially if you're trying to avoid disease or live a long life, it's not really smart route to take. One precaution that I made in that YouTube video that I mentioned, and I think that this is worth repeating, is how a ketogenic diet is high in fat, which is not bad in itself. In fact, it's pretty great. A lot of people could stand to have more healthy fats in their diet. But once you start taking the healthy fats and cooking them, not eating them raw, like when you see recipes for keto pancakes or keto cupcakes, you might as well not eat them at all if what you're going for is health. Because cooking these fats creates free radicals and free radicals basically initiate DNA damage, which has been proven to lead to cancer. So my point is not to demonize any of this, but to help people see the bigger picture. So again, if you like keto pancakes, cool eat them. But if you're eating them every day or for most of your meals for, say, like three years, and you're considering those ingredients to be your main source of fat, you're not really doing it right. The fats should be raw, uncooked in order to have the effect that they're intended to have. Now, there's also something called the AIP diet, which stands for autoimmune protocol. And I got to say, I really freaking hate it when people call it autoimmune paleo because Sometimes people call it that and it's not autoimmune paleo, it's autoimmune protocol. And it's basically a way of eating that's free of grains, sugar, gluten, eggs, soy, dairy, and nightshades. 
many people, including myself, have found this to be a real lifesaver when you're suddenly facing a long list of food sensitivities due to autoimmune disease, but maybe you haven't quite gotten to a point of a diagnosis or proper medical treatment yet, like I did when I was on my journey and I started with AIP. Now, before you can say, Kelly, but I thought you said you don't endorse any diets, (laughs) I want to point out a couple of differences here. This is not for weight loss, period. It's done for medical and health reasons to treat symptoms of disease, just like I think keto is great as a nutritional therapy for disease when guided by a doctor. AIP is along those lines. It's a nutritional therapy to help people with autoimmune diseases to find some of the triggers of inflammation, to reduce inflammation, and to help ease digestive issues. So once again, This is not a weight loss thing, and it's also not meant to be long term. Just like with everything else that I mentioned, AIP can lead to nutrient deficiencies like B12, although most people who are led to try AIP due to health issues typically already have low B12 because the body simply can't convert or absorb it properly, which was part of my issues too, and many autoimmune conditions. But Another huge reason not to stay on AIP long term is that you can continue to develop even more food sensitivities in addition to the ones that led you to that in the first place because there's just such an imbalance of nutrients happening because it's cutting out so many types of foods. But when I first heard of AIP two summers ago and how it helped so many women with Hashimoto's like me, I tried it, but did I jump in with both feet all in all in one day? Nope. I did not, not even close. I wanted to stay rational, stay aware of what my body needed, and I wanted to make sure that I made changes, that any changes that I made were incremental. So I would have a sense of what was working and what was not. Plus, at the time, my body seemed to reject pretty much anything I ate. And so I really kind of tiptoed my way into it. And at any given time, I was constantly making adjustments based on. I was making adjustments based on rational judgments for what I thought my body needed from day to day or week to week. So another thing to think about, there's no need to go all in on any of these diets. And again, not to demonize them. But if you really do feel the need to try any of them, you can do any of these partially and still have great success. You don't have to be extreme to see progress or to see weight loss. You really just need one reasonable change at a time and to stay consistent with it. And consistent doesn't mean one or two weeks. Consistent means anywhere from several months to life. With any dietary change that you implement, I challenge you to ask yourself, would it be smart, reasonable, or sustainable if I kept this change forever? If the answer is no, then you might need to rethink that choice. So much of where people go wrong is diving in without really acknowledging the consequences of severe restrictions. They crash and burn or find ways to have cheat days, which you all know I don't think is a good day either, or a good idea either. They maybe quit before giving it a real chance or avoid being rational with portion sizes. Now, I know a lot of people do go all in because without the rigid guidelines that each type of diet offers, they really don't have a concept of portion sizes or how much carbs, fat, and protein they need. But 
here's where another big reason for avoiding these diets comes in. Why do it if you're not learning anything? Now, I know a lot of people would prefer to be handed a rule book so they don't have to think about it, but you really cannot make the smartest choices for your own body and health if you're not making any effort to understand why you're eating what you're eating. And if it still all feels super overwhelming to you, then that's where it becomes a smart idea to hire a nutrition coach like me. And this is part of why I do this podcast. I don't enjoy seeing people struggle so hard with what to eat and they hate their bodies and they feel hopeless. Nutrition is a very complicated thing, but I do think that sometimes people make it harder than it has to be. There's no need to have a diet that doesn't let you eat this or that or never allows dessert or maxes out at 1400 calories per day when what's probably easier and more effective are things like shrinking your portion sizes by 10%. Stick with that for a week or two and see how it feels. And I promise you, I am not making it a goal to say this every single episode, but it just happens this way. Get lab testing done. If you're someone who's feeling frustrated with weight and you try diets and you try being reasonable with portions and you still can't lose weight, it is highly, highly likely that you could get some answers by getting lab tests done. Lab tests that your doctor will not take the initiative to order for you. A lot of people will say weight loss is calories in versus calories out or how much you eat versus how much you burn. But that's absolutely not true because hormones are a huge, huge, often key part of the equation to weight loss, no matter how much cardio or resistance training you do. Overall, keep in mind that there is no one size fits all solution when it comes to eating for health, energy, weight loss, or even weight gain. You got to be reasonable. Take small, easy steps that you can sustain for life and celebrate those small victories. If it took 10 to 20 years to put on weight that you want to lose, you can't expect to lose it in a month or two or even three or four or five months. Above all, consistency. I think a lot of people aren't quite totally honest with themselves about consistency. And when you look at anyone who has achieved dramatic weight loss from any type of dieting, something they all have in common is consistency. Not perfection, but consistency. And I'm going to leave you with one thought that I already said earlier, but I think it's worth repeating. With any dietary change that you implement, ask yourself, would it be smart, reasonable, and sustainable if I kept this change forever? If the answer is no, please rethink that choice. Now, you can also get a free portion sizing guide by going to the link in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a review so it will help me to reach more people. Share it with a friend. And if you're feeling extra grateful, you can even support the show on patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson. The link is in the show notes. And if you support me on Patreon, you even get goodies in return for your support. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, breathe. Stay strong and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.